So for the ones that uh, don't know me, there are some in here that don't know me, but I'm uh, Joey Michaels. I'm one of the deacons here, um, and I've been asked to cover this Sunday while Pastor Jonathan is out vacationing because even pastors have to take vacations, right? So, um, But him and his family, as the school year ended, they, they like to go out on uh, vacation. So I said, uh, I'll do Father's Day. I have done Father's Day message before at this church, so this one is different than that one. Um, sort of. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but as always, I, you know, just when I get in front of people, I do get nervous and stuff like that. So just bear with me. We'll get through this, and the Lord will take us through because it is Sunday morning, and we're in the house of the Lord, and uh, we'll be reverent to that. So um, I'm going to be like flipping through a couple of different things here. One is this uh, Samsung tablet I wrote all my notes on, Microsoft OneNote, all right? And then I also have a book. I'm not advertising for them, but all right. I also have a book that I got a majority of the sermon out of from uh, Pastor Johnny Hunt. We saw him down in Gatlinburg. So the, the message that I got, the notes that I took and stuff was inspired by this book. So you'll see me flipping there for some quotes. And then also the Bible, obviously, because we're going to be preaching out of the Word of God. Um, so if you have the Bibles in front of you, you have your own Bible or tablet, whatever you look on, go ahead and open to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15 is where we're going to be. And according to my notes, we're probably not going to get very past 13. So, um, and we'll get out of here. As you know, there's no evening service. So once we go, go enjoy your time with your families and uh, enjoy Father's Day. Don't come back for choir practice, Angel. So, okay. I know Malin wants to, even though nobody else is going to be here. So, all right. Um, so, yes, if you're open to Philippians 3, 12 through 15, I titled this message. Actually, I take that back. I didn't title it. I stole the title out of this one. But the title of the message is, Are We There Yet? All right. And uh, as I read through the notes, I was like, that's perfect for Father's Day. Because as a father and mother, you know, we all probably hurt our kids. Just like me, I've heard my three kids, I'm a father of three, and probably a bazillion times as we're traveling, are we there yet? I mean, we could be leaving our house and coming to the church, which is two miles, and Madeline's, are we there yet? I'm so bored. Like, seriously, we just left the house. Uh, I also hear it from my lovely wife, Christy, are we there yet? But for different reasons, because she's not bored, she just really hates my driving, so it's like, are we there yet? Because, you know, so she can let go of the, the hanging uh, handle. So anyway, so as all of you as families know that are we there yet? But in the book of Philippians, and it's funny because when we were at the deacons meeting the other night, uh, Bill actually brought up the same verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, when we are in the deacons meeting. So it kind of fill, fills right into it. But obviously Paul is talking in the Philippians. As you know, he wrote the letter to the church of Philippi, and he's talking in the letter and saying, are we there yet? So let me go ahead and start with the verse 12. This is a, a small table up here when you got so much stuff. All right. So starting at verse 12, and I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard. The, not that I have already reached the goal, or am I already fully mature, 
but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting that is behind me and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue, my, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ Jesus. Therefore, all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for these words from uh, Paul. And I just uh, pray that you help me speak clearly and bring the message this morning to the congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so when we start with verse 12, basically, like I said, are we there yet, as your kids would ask or as I would ask when I was a kid? And I also think of a, an old cartoon, Smurfs. I don't know if people know about the Smurfs, but there was an episode of the Smurfs where all the hundred Smurfs are walking and they're like, Papa Smurf, are we there yet? And it's like, no, Jokey, we're not there. You know? So I think of things like that because it's like, no, we're not there. And then finally he gets angry. He's like, you know, we'll get there when we get there type thing. So, um, but anyway, Paul is talking about his spiritualness. Are we there yet? And to me, that's um, a very vulnerable vulnerableness or what that Paul is speaking of because he is one of the greatest as we're talking in Acts with the pastor throughout the weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't do a message on Acts because he's been doing from the beginning of the year. So but we're getting into Paul's ministry and Paul being one of the greatest um, disciples out there. And he wrote a majority of the, the New Testament. He is even saying to the church of Philippi that he hasn't, he's not there yet. And how he says that is that in verse 12, not that I have already reached the goal or am I fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I've also been taken a hold. So what he's saying is he hasn't reached the goal and he's not fully mature and that he is still seeking guidance from Jesus as he's walking the earth. And he's telling the church that as a church, we're the same way. We're not there yet. So never um, have you reached, as a Christian, should you have reached a point where you think that you don't have to serve anymore, that you don't have to um, reach out to the youngins anymore. And you know this church has a lot of young people in it. So, And we are the the examples to them that no matter which stage of life that we're in, we're the example to the people that come up after us. Because if we don't set an example for them, then the church dies out. So if Paul wasn't setting an example to the church of Philippi, the church of Ephesus, all these places that he was visiting, he went to Rome, all these places, if he wasn't setting that example, then Christianity would have died out. It never would have grabbed a hold. So the same with us. We're in the year 2018. We have to set the example to the little ones back here because if we don't, then Christianity dies out. And somebody out there will teach them their way. So, and that's, you see that every day on the news or whatever. But, uh, you know, society the way it is, somebody's going to teach them what they want to teach them. So as Christians, we need to teach them what they need to know as Christians. They need to know the Bible. They need to know Jesus died for them. And we need to get a hold of them and keep iterating this so they know when they grow up, they hit 18, they leave the house, that it's in their head and they, 
they always can fall back on that because once they get away from uh, us as fathers, since it's Father's Day and mothers, then uh, somebody out there, whether it be in college or in life where they go, is going to try to convince them that their way is better. That's the easier way to say it. So, um, so the there that we're talking about is the spirituality, the, the spiritualness, the there. So basically, our whole lives as a Christian, we, we, we'll never reach there. All we can do is strive to be Christ-like. But, um, but being there means that we're in heaven with Jesus. So while you're here on earth, you are constantly, and people that are not Christians have to know that, that, that you as a Christian are never reaching that role that, that you're not high and mighty, that you're not better than them. You're, you're a Christian. You, you know where you're going, and you know your, where you've been. You look back where you've been. So uh, Paul is open and honest about this, about his spiritual walk in that verse right there, and it speaks of the awareness, meaning that he has not yet attained that Christ-likeness, and that his accomplishments being that he's looking back at what he's already done, um, or is he already perfected? That's what he's saying in the verse. Uh, so the next point on there is uh, the pursuit of there. So Paul speaks of a, a I can't even read my own writing. So uh, a a pursuit that we as fathers do. So Paul's pursuing just like Christians and us as fathers pursue. Uh, that's how I'm trying to tie it back into Father's Day because being a Christian and building that Christian life is kind of like being a father and building that life for your children. So the, um, as they go out, they're not like many me's or they're not exactly like you, but they at least have that basis, that knowledge, that foundation that you've gave them in that house so as they go out and they can start their own lives, that they're going to try different things, they're going to live different than you, but they're still going to have that foundation. I, I think back to a lot of things, as me and Christy's been married 22 years, that um, I do like my father. And I probably would have swore I never would have done him like my father. But nowadays, you know, as you get older in age, it's like, wow, I do a lot of things. But guess who put that in me? My my father put me put that in me when I was little. So um, it all comes back. It's like a circle. So now I'm trying to do that with Andrew and uh, Jonathan is he's gone and Madeline. So it's it's just full circle. And the same thing Jesus tries to do with us, the full circle. He came to this earth. He died for our sins so we can do that and get back to our father. All right. left-handed all right so the pursuit our divine purpose as i said is to go out just like in matthew it says to go out and um, make followers of jesus so you're gonna uh, our divine purpose as christians as fathers is to spread the word of christianity not let it die out all right so i mentioned christ-like so i want to go back to that what what exactly does christ-like look like and I, I pulled eight things out of this book, like I told you I was going to refer back to it. So, uh, Christ-likeness, what does it look like? So, first, number one is serving. So, your family or the church, 
uh, serving. Your work, all that Christ-likeness as Christ did, he served us. Uh, loving everyone you have contact, regardless of what they've done to you, how you feel hurt, you still have to love them. Um, and there's probably a funny saying out there, you don't always have to like them, but you have to love them. So uh, Jesus says in the Bible, love everyone like your neighbor, uh, love thy neighbor, all that stuff. So um, you want to, no matter what they do, regardless, you have to show that loving uh, attitude towards them. Giving, uh, never more are you like Jesus, except when you're giving, because he gave everything for us. So as you give, uh, you should strive to give if you have it to give, and that way you can be more like Jesus. Kindness, uh, it's always when you got a pleasant face on, and I know I, I struggle to do that because I'm not exactly uh, a nice person all the time. So, um, But kindness, you try to stay kind and uh, go from there. Gentleness, uh, be gentle as uh, I get kind of snappy with the kids and stuff like that, but you should uh, be able to discipline, but still be gentle in that discipline. Still spank them because they probably need it, but gentle, gentleness spanking, all right? Tell them it's going to hurt them more than it's going to hurt you. I mean, uh... <laughs> all right, uh, caring. Uh, make sure that you're caring with that gentleness. Um, even though Madeline can come and... I mean, girls are strange. We raised two boys first, and then uh, then we had Madeline, and she can come up with some some really uh, interesting things. So, but you got to be caring, and I listen to every one of them, and I try I try to play with ponies. I wear a pink. I got a picture wearing a pink hat for her and stuff. But uh, but you got to be caring because the minute that I'm not caring to her, and she stops coming with me, coming to me with those things, then. Um, then it feels like you're losing her, you know? So, um, so I want to stay caring to her to keep that love and show her what, um, what she should be looking for when she's older, way older, what she's looking for in a man when she has to leave our house, um, like 18-ish, 19-ish, <laughs> so we can fully retire. Uh, all right, um, helping. <laughs> uh, helping, there's a... There's a quote in here from Horace Mann for helping. Doing nothing for others is undoing of oneself. We must purposely kind. We must be purposely kind and generous, or we miss the best part of existence. The heart that goes out of itself gets large, larger and full of joy. This is the great secret of the inner life. We do ourselves the most good doing something for others. So that state, that statement there, just means as you're going out the other night. We came out from eating dinner, and I heard a van coming towards us, and it had a flat tire. So uh, I told Christy, I was like, hey, before I got in the truck, I was like, this lady just pulled in with a flat tire. So we're like, let's go help. And I wouldn't go by myself because, you know, I'm not about getting shot in Charlestown or Ranson. So uh, uh, Christy's the concealed carry. I don't carry any weapons. So I knew that she was armed. So I was like, hey, go up to the van with me. So... Uh, so anyway, it was a sweet lady. She had her three kids in the car, but she did. She blew a tire out. Andrew said that he heard it blew. I, I believe him, I guess. So, but uh, we started to help her, help her change the tire, and her husband showed up and everything. But that's going out of your way to help others 
as the statement says, that you should strive to do that because Jesus went out of his way to help others by sacrificing himself on the cross. Uh, um, Number eight, helping. And I already went over that. All right, helping others. Uh, Also, uh, here's a quote from Lawrence D. Bell. Show me a man who cannot bother to do little things, and I'll show you a man who cannot be trusted to do big things. So the quote meaning... If you can't be bothered to do little things, then who's going to trust you to do the big things? That's, that's pretty, uh, in, in my profession, it's the same way. I mean, uh, I have to depend on people to the left and to the right of me, up and down, all that stuff. So if I can't trust the people that work for me to do the little things, then how can I trust them to do big things? Uh, the same with me. They have to trust me with a lot of responsibility. So if they can't trust me with something small. So um, that's helping. All right. So the next point, the present... The present in are there. Uh, basically, the present that we get from being Christ-like, that's when I'm talking there, I mean being Christ-likeness. Um, the present from it, i got to log on this thing every time. That's why I keep stammering over myself here. All right. All right, so you get the affection. The affection, obviously, was Paul was a leader, and he desired God's uh, best. So if you turn to Galatians 4.19, and I'll give you a minute to get there. All right, Galatians 4.19. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. So he desired everybody that he wrote letters to, all the people that he came across, he desired them to have that Christ-likeness and the desire to uh, be formed in God, in Christ, as he did. So as he was writing to the Galatians, um, I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you, meaning that he's painting for them. So Paul was a leader that desired God's best for his family of faith. Uh, also, there's a, it, the present of being Christ-likeness is the assessment. So if you turn to Psalm 42, uh, verses 1 through 2. All right. In Psalm 42, 1 through 2, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. This is the assessment as you're going through and striving to be Christ-like. Uh, you can read Psalms through Psalms and Proverbs. There's a lot of good information that you can pull from that. And that's one of them is that you should, as we all know animals, they pant for water. They need water to survive. Uh, so should your soul pant for God's love on you. Um, so in Philippians 3.13, if you jump back to Philippians, where, where our verse was, in uh, 13, he talks about, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. So, in essence, Paul is talking about this is like all of us should do in our lives. We look to where we've been, but we're always striving to go forward. 
we're uh, always on a forward progression. We never want to fall back. So he's being honest in his integrity and in verse 13, talking that he is looking forward for that. All right. All right. The prize, and then we'll uh, start wrapping this up. So the prize of that that is there, the Christ-likeness, uh, it's the upward call of God because he calls you to be like Christ. Um, the outward reach, so it's helping others, whether it be in the church, the community, your work, whoever you come across, that outward reach when you're being Christ-like um, goes a long way because you're planting that seed for somebody that may or may not um, have a chance to hear it or they may be on the fence it's, they might have drove by the church 15 times but until you talk to them it's like you know what I might stop in now that you actually said something to me so um, that's that outward reach then your inward desire as I spoke about your inward desire is always to be pushing forward and reaching out to God and as Psalm, the psalmist said uh, panting for that water to please the God um, if you turn the the last two verses, and then we'll close out. Actually, it's more than two verses, but it's two uh, chapters. Second Timothy, chapter four. It's verses seven through eight, and this is Paul in his final words to Timothy: "I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith." Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So, as Paul is telling Timothy in his letter that um, fighting the good fight, running the race, these are all things that, you know, as a father you do for your children. You know, you, you go to the ends of the world for your children just like Jesus went to the end of the, to the cross for us. So, um, and he beat death for us, so we can be in the eternal heaven with him. Also, if you go to 1 John 3, 1 through 3, I'll just read it real quick for you guys, so you don't have to flip too far back. Uh, Behold what manner of the love, of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved now are we are children of God and it has not been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure all right so just in closing, uh, as I wrap this up, hopefully you can gain some wisdom from what I was saying. So basically, it's always good to be uh, to get encouragement, to get praise, to get all that stuff. And as uh, Paul talks about in the book of Philippians and and most of the letters that he wrote, um, that the you're, you're still striving every day of your life until you're in heaven with Jesus. You're striving to be like Jesus. Um, and that's 
the best way to honor your father, God being the father, the best way to honor him is to be like his son that he sent to die for us. So with that, uh, let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for giving me the strength to get up here and just uh, give this message on this day, Lord. And I just pray that um, whatever you brought the people here to hear, Lord, that they heard it through me, Lord. And whatever you were speaking through me that I needed to hear, Lord, that that I can uh, get that, Lord. And I just pray that as we go on throughout our Father's Day that everybody can um, get together get with family, and uh, just enjoy their day as you have made the, the weather, so, weather so beautiful out there for, Lord. And just we pray that everybody that's on uh, vacation gets back safe. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.